0: 68 hours after issuance cdkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
1: it's the ross tucker football podcast <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, it is. but it's not just any ross tucker football podcast it is a teaching tutorial thursday with professor greg cosell class is about to be in session We are presented by DraftKings. We are only one week away from opening night of the 2021 NFL season. The Dallas Cowboys at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Absolutely cannot wait beyond fired up. There's a bunch of college football games on tonight. You can check out your boy. Really, almost every Saturday at noon, I will be on CBS Sports Network. If someone can come up with a good name for that, Mr. 12 O'Clock, Mr. High Noon, Mr. Noon. That doesn't sound very good. Right, we got to come up with something to brand me as the guy that's on CBS Sports Network at noon every Saturday. So people know if they want to watch a game, learn some football, laugh a little bit, they know where to go. 12 O'Clock, CBS Sports Network. We'll get to Greg momentarily. Much to discuss there. I should mention, this is the last week where we are not five days a week. After that, for 23 weeks, we will be daily, Monday through Friday. Monday, I've got a great guest lined up. Tuesday, power rankings. Wednesday, Andrew. Thursday, Greg. Friday, picks and recapping the Thursday night game. It is time. It's also time to give some shout-outs to some winners who we absolutely love. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Social media, David Thane retweeted something earlier this week, T-H-A-N-E. Let me know. If you ever hear me give you say your name, you got to email me, Ross at Ross with your mailing address. And whether you want a picture, a press pass, or a signed card. I'll get you whatever you want. Sponsor confirmation email winner Grant Ferguson, 100 flowers. I love that. I love them. YouTube shout out. YouTube. Our YouTube is growing, which is very exciting. YouTube.com/slash Ross Tucker NFL. T K Thompson, welcome to the party, T K Thompson. Let me know who you want your shout out for, and I will be happy to do it. Speaking of shout outs. Ferris Badra is our latest patron with the season about to kick off. Patreon.com slash RT Media. Welcome to the family, Ferris. It's big show time. The big show. I mean, at this point, it almost feels weird to intro Greg. He's been on the show every week for not only a year, but, you know, for years and years. So if you're new, that's awesome. Where have you been? I'm glad we got some new listeners or some new people to watch and check us out on YouTube, which is amazing. The man needs no introduction. 42 years at NFL Films. He is the executive producer and on-air talent of the NFL matchup show, but unlike the Jeopardy guy, did not get fired by putting himself on the air. (laughs) What a mess. I I, I don't follow anything like that, Greg, but what a mess. I mean, the guy was the boss of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy, tried to make himself the guy on air for Jeopardy, and lost everything.
3: I only see that stuff when it trends, Ross. You know, that's the only time I see that stuff.
2: That's exactly correct. (laughs) But what's trending right now is since last week, we've had the third preseason Mm -hmm. game for every team, and then we've had Final Cuts. Waiver claims, practice squads, you know, and I'll say this. This is just a general comment, Greg. It is really hard to be on an active roster as an NFL quarterback. When you look at the amount of teams that only have two. Some, like the Eagles, have three. It is fast. I mean, it is – there's a lot of guys for not a lot of spots to be on an NFL active roster as a quarterback. Although, you know what? I'll, I'll bring that up, Greg. I wasn't going to ask you about this, but I know a lot of my buddies are all asking me, why did the Eagles trade for Minshew? They got Flacco as their backup. Why did they trade for Minshew? So refresh everybody's memory, Greg, on what Minshew is and perhaps why the Eagles might have felt like they wanted to trade for him.
3: Well, keep one thing in mind that Dave – Caldwell is now part of the Eagles front office, and he was the general manager in Jacksonville, I believe, when Minshew was drafted. Um, so Minshew, they got for a sixth-round pick, and and he's on a rookie deal. He doesn't cost much. The reality is Joe Flacco is probably a one-year player here. Uh, obviously, Jalen Hurts is now the starting quarterback, but he's somewhat of an unknown. So they got a young quarterback going into his third year with 20-plus starts, who showed some positives, showed the ability to run an offense, uh, to execute an offense with some kind of efficiency. Not a high-level talent in terms of being a great thrower or a great mover, but certainly not bad at either one. So they get a, a, a young quarterback, and this stuff's important. I don't follow this closely, Ross, but you know this. Uh, the fact that he's not getting paid a lot, he's still on his, his rookie deal, And Flacco is a one-year player. Flacco is, what, 36, 37, maybe 38. I don't know what Joe is, but he's not going to be around for a long time. So it was a move that made sense, particularly given that he's got, I believe it's 23
2: NFL starts. Jalen Hurts has four NFL starts. Well, what I've been telling people all the time, I mean, I don't know this, but I think they got him for next year. Now they're locked in to having a good backup quarterback for the minimum for twenty. No question. No question. Flacco's gone. Flacco's a one year. They don't want to have to pay a guy like Joe Flacco for no. three and a half million next year. They'll have Minshew for less than a million. That's why of they course. did. Of course. No, and, and and
3: he has experience. He's not a backup that's never played. So, you know, he's 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 played.
2: I I'm almost certain it's twenty three starts, so he's played. Well, and I'd like to see what he could do at some point, somewhere other than Jacksonville, number one. And then number two, you know, with COVID and everything, it's not a bad year to make sure you have three guys ready to go. I mean, you never know.
3: That's a very interesting point. It's just the reality.
2: I mean, think about how many quarterbacks, you know, Cousins and Tannehill and Wentz have already had to go on the COVID list. And So if that happens and they miss a game – Then you got to bring up a guy from the practice squad to be your back. I mean, it's just, I think the Eagles are thinking ahead a little bit here. It's a good move. It's a very good move. All right. Was it a good move, Greg, for the Patriots to go with Mac Jones as their starter and cut Cam Newton?
3: Well, let's, let's look at it this way. You you know, I'm on to talk X and O football. What is Mac Jones and what is Cam Newton? Mac Jones' game can be defined, timing, rhythm, decisiveness, precise ball placement. That's Mac Jones' game. That has been the M.O. of Josh McDaniels and that Patriot Pass game for years. Cam Newton, even at his absolute best, and he's not that player anymore, but even at his absolute best, his game was not built on those four traits. And those four traits are essential to what the Patriots want to do in the pass game. So if you look at it purely from an X and O standpoint, not from an experience standpoint, we know that Mac Jones is a rookie. And next week we can talk further about the week one matchup because it's a very, very difficult matchup against a very multiple and difficult to play against Miami Dolphin defense. We'll get into that next week, Ross. But if you just look at the traits that they value In a passer and a passing game, Mac Jones has those
2: traits. Cam Newton does not. So, a couple thoughts here. Number one, do you think, and this is pure speculation, Greg, obviously, and there could be a bunch of reasons, but given what you said, do you think that the Patriots cut Cam in part because it's like, We're going to design the game plan and the offense around Mac Jones' skills. If he goes down, Hoyer goes in, and Hoyer is somewhat similar in terms of type to Mac Jones, as opposed to if Cam goes in, that's really a different offense that they'd be – Right, that's a different package of plays.
3: Yeah, and and my sense would be – and that's a fair question. Obviously, you were an NFL player. You can't really – teach on a weekly basis two different kinds of offenses that come from two separate parts of your playbook. There's one game plan. That's right. There's one game plan each week. There's not
2: two game plans.
3: Right. Now, obviously... Coaches do have things in their back pocket in case something goes wrong, but it's not another full game plan. It's just a, another group of plays that they feel more comfortable with, with a different kind of quarterback or a different kind of running back or whatever it may be. But the point is there's not two complete game plans. So your point is a good one. What Mac Jones is and what approach you would take with him is different than the approach you would ideally want to take with Cam Newton. So I think your point's very valid.
2: Last thing there. Last week, I don't know if you watched Mac Jones in week three against the Giants. I did. But last week, you know, you kind of had me pumping the brakes on Mac Jones a little bit, talking about how clean the pocket was against the Eagles, how vanilla their zone defense was. The Patriots ran all these digs and in cuts that were zone beaters. It felt like you were pumping the brakes a little bit on Mac Jones. Is that fair to say? And what did you see in week three uh, against the Giants?
3: I think you took it as pumping the brakes. I just told you what the film showed, that it was not a difficult kind of game for a quarterback against what the Eagles decided to do defensively with their second and third team players with a four man rush that couldn't get anywhere near him and soft zone shells. So it wasn't a matter of pumping the brakes. Here's what the film showed. It was it was a relatively easy by NFL standards kind of game for for a quarterback, be it a rookie or a veteran. So it wasn't a matter of pumping the brakes. That's what the tape showed. Last week, the Giants did more things. Jones actually made a couple of really good throws from a collapsing pocket. He made an outstanding throw to Devin Asiasi, a back shoulder throw on a uh, seam ball, kind of a seam fade, uh, where he got pressure from his front side just as he threw it. So last week was a... a a truer test of what he will face when he, uh, the the regular season starts. Uh, And as I said, we'll talk about that week one matchup. So I just want to be clear. It wasn't a matter of pumping the brakes. I wasn't saying, Hey, Mac Jones is not going to be a good player. All I'm doing is responding to the tape.
2: Got it. Fair enough. Uh, One of the things about preseason week three, I wanted to ask you about the Niners sort of displayed this. Trey Lance package, if you will. And it's interesting People can go back and listen or watch on YouTube. My interview with Kyle Juszczyk earlier in the summer, he sort of hinted at this, Greg. He he sort of thought, Jimmy will be our guy, but there will be a package of plays for Trey Lance. I think that a lot of the Niners have kind of known this was coming, and I think Shanahan showed it, and this is just my opinion, so that every defensive coordinator is like, oh, gosh, now we got to be alert for quarterback run game stuff. And we got to be aware when they bring in Lance because he's a really good runner and short yardage and goal line. I thought that was very purposeful by Shanahan. And my question is, wh- what does Trey Lance bring to the table as a, as a package player early in his career? Yeah, and, and again, the, this is all
3: speculation. So I can't answer that in a strict sense. But I think Lance has some work to do as a passer. I think he throws everything pretty much at the same speed right now, and it's, and it's fast. I think he's a little indecisive in the pocket, and he holds the ball and hitches uh, an extra hitch or two at times and is late with some throws. So I think he has a ways to go as a passer. Um, obviously, he's a big kid who's highly, highly athletic. He's straight line fast. He's physical. I have no idea, Ross, what Shanahan has in mind in terms of when he's going to use him, how he's going to use them, how extensively he's going to use them. But there's no question he wanted to put that out there for everybody to see, because now you have to spend practice time. And just like we talked about not having two complete game plans, that's not possible. There'll be a package of plays, and defenses do have to now think about how they prepare for that and what those package of plays might be. You really don't have any idea. I'm not even sure how it works out offensively. I know Kyle, who's a Uh, a really smart guy has probably been thinking about this from the moment he drafted Trey Lance. So this is not something he just came up with before the preseason game last week. But I don't really have any idea how that's going to play out.
2: Brashad Perriman, David Moore, John Brown, all receivers, Greg, that got over $2 million, $2 million or more guaranteed this offseason and got cut by their teams. The Lions yeah. cut Paramini signing with the Bears. The Panthers cut David Moore. Maybe he'll go back to Seattle. And John Brown got cut with the Raiders. Now supposedly he asked to be released, but I guess my question is, and we don't know, Greg, but when it's three receivers like that, especially when it's speed guy, I don't. David Moore is not really a speed guy, right? Or is he? No. No. David Moore is an interesting player though. I always liked him. He's a
3: small school kid when, when Seattle drafted him in either the sixth or seventh round. Um, I thought he had some good moments in Seattle. Um, obviously they, they went in a different direction because they drafted Eskridge, um, from, uh, in the draft this year. And, and Freddie Swain showed some positive things a year ago as a third receiver. I thought Moore would make the team in Carolina. So I don't know what happened there. Um, I'd be curious to see where he ends up. The John Brown case, he did ask for his release. Uh, apparently, the Raiders really love Zay Jones, so he sort of took that spot. You know, Brown was a factor in the, in the Buffalo Bills passing game a year ago. He still yeah. showed some steed. He ran by people. He was a clear factor. He did not look like he was truly on the downside of his career. So I'm very curious to see where he ends up.
2: Yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was really interesting. I mean, I, I guess he asked for his release, but they gave him three point four six guaranteed. I, I think I think he'd be like, "No, you're staying." We want you. It is interesting though, with with like Brashad Perriman, John Brown. At, there's not a team in the NFL, Greg, that isn't trying to get that guy that can be a deep threat and and threaten the defense vertically and make sh and make them pay if they're going to play single high. Everybody wants that guy. Of course, that they feel like can stretch him vertically. Yeah.
3: And that's why I think Brown will sign somewhere. Uh, Perriman another interesting story because I liked him coming out of college and he has shown flashes in the NFL. And again, because you and I don't know Brashad Perriman and we don't know what his daily work habits are. We don't know all the other things besides just the physical traits, which are pretty good. So he's now with, what, his fifth or sixth NFL team, uh, and who knows what happens with the Bears. He could be cut next week. We have no idea. But it's obviously not worked out for him, even though he has clearly shown flashes.
2: Irv Smith uh, looks like he's done for the year. He's killing, fantasy people. killing
3: fantasy people, Ross. He was going to be a big fantasy guy this year. Right.
2: Well, what was he going to – I mean, what 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 was what were you seeing from him on film? And was he going to really be able to benefit from playing with Thielen and Jefferson?
3: Well, I thought – I watched him this summer, and I thought this would be a year. And again, I'm not good with target share and volume targets and that kind of thing. But he is an athletic tight end. You can det- detach him from the formation, split him out wide. He can run routes at times where you think, wow, that looks like a wide receiver – I thought this would be the year he would become a bigger, more meaningful part of that passing game. And obviously, it looks like he'll miss the season, and who knows what happens after that. But but that was a tough loss. Now, they just traded for Chris Herndon, who theoretically is the same guy. But obviously, in New York with the Jets, it never worked out for whatever reason. But he's another athletic tight end Uh, Because I remember watching him at the University of Miami, and I thought he'd be one of those guys that you could bring in, you could split him out, he could run uh, intermediate and vertical routes. So they traded for a guy whose skill set is somewhat similar, but again, has never really been a high-volume target player, and it's never really worked out for him either up to this point in his career.
2: Last question, Greg. I I thought it was interesting Jake Fromm released in Buffalo. He's back on the practice squad. Trace McSorley released in Baltimore back on the pro- – I mean, these are guys that were drafted in the middle rounds that started a long time for their colleges uh, but have some limitations physically. And yeah. they basically got beat out. I mean, Buffalo went with Trubisky. Baltimore went with Huntley, who had a great preseason. It just it, – it's kind of where I started, which is – It's tough to stay on an active roster as a quarterback in the NFL.
3: Yeah, and I think you hit it on the head. I mean, Jake Fromm obviously started three years at Georgia, played very well in the SEC. Everybody knew what he was coming out. There was no mystery to Jake Fromm's game. Um, You know, I think the fact that he executed extremely well at the highest level of college football – made some people think, oh, this guy could, be, could have a shot. But then when you ultimately just look at the traits, you kind of say to yourself, he's a backup. And you know what? He could play 10, 12 years in the NFL as a backup. There's nothing wrong with that. But my guess is, because I've been around Jake Fromm, he's an unbelievable kid. He's probably phenomenal in the quarterback room. And you know the value of that. Coaches talk about that all the time. I spent a lot of time the last two years talking to coaches. And the, the thing I hear a lot is, you know, we have a great quarterback room. And, and that means something to coaches. So, you know, my guess is Jake Fromm is one of those guys.
2: Check him out on social media at Greg Cosell so you know where you can always get his outstanding content and when the NFL matchup show will be on so you can watch it live or DVR it. Next week, Greg, we will dive into the opener in week one. So some of the big matchups that you guys will be talking about in the matchup show. I can't wait. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate it. Appreciate you and appreciate PixWise. It's the number one home of free sports betting picks, props, and parlays, helmed by a team of trend-watching, data-devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. All for free. Visit PicksWise.com to make your next Bet better. Picks wise backs responsible gambling. If you or someone you know wants help, call 1 800
1: Gambler. Duck Stakes. All right, Ross, a lot of moves since yesterday with waiver claims, guys going on IR, practice squad signings. But let's start with the Chiefs putting Tyron Matthew on the COVID 19 list. And the Saints announcing that their first game is going to be in Jacksonville.
2: So for Tyron Matthew, you know, I I guess it depends on whether or not he's vaccinated. If he's vaccinated, he can test out of it earlier. If he's not vaccinated, he's out at least 10 days, which I think means it'd be tight for him to play in the opener. You know, now we're at the point now where if guys go on the list, it starts to be tight for whether or not they can play in the opener, which is something to keep in mind. As for the Saints playing in Jacksonville, evidently, I think I saw something, Bri, where they could have played in Miami, Tampa, or Jacksonville. And they literally looked up like Aaron Rodgers passer rating in opposing stadiums. And then they tried to figure out which stadium would it be the hardest and most expensive for Packers fans to get to and they landed on Jacksonville because they're trying not to have you know they, I I know I think they know they won't have a home field advantage they're trying not to have a home field disadvantage uh pretty crazy and I guess you'll be there right Bry?
1: Yes I will be there week 1 had changed all my travel plans yesterday
2: Wow man we're already well that's that's not covid that's 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 weather and uh mother nature I guess
1: Some other moves that stood out to you include the Panthers claiming guard Michael Jordan, the Cowboys claiming quarterback Will Greer, and the Bears signing Brashad Perryman, who we just spoke about.
2: Right. Well, we hit on Perryman. Uh, As for Will Greer, not many quarterbacks got claimed. I mean, he's like the only one. So the Cowboys could have claimed any of these other guys, the Froms, the McSorleys, any of these guys, they wanted Will Greer. So they obviously saw some things in him that they liked. So he and Cooper Rush are the backups for now. I think Danucci is on the practice squad. And Michael Jordan, everybody's made the joke about six foot six guard going back to Carolina. And Michael Jordan, he's got a bunch of playing time under his belt. And I think the Panthers could use a guy like that as a starting guard or at least as a backup guard behind the other guys they've got.
1: On the injury front, Steelers put tackle Zach Banner and defensive end Stefan Tuitt on IR. And the Vikings announced tight end Irv Smith likely out for the year following meniscus surgery.
2: So Greg and I obviously talked about that. It's a huge loss for the Vikings because you got the two guys on the outside. You've got Dalvin Cook. Irv Smith was going to get some very favorable matchups. We talked about this yesterday on the Fantasy Feast podcast. He was going to get some very favorable matchups in the middle of the field. And now that's over. So it's going to be a Tyler Conklin, Chris Herndon combo. Uh, Those guys are not what Irv Smith is. I think we'll see more and more teams, Bri, today, tomorrow, over the weekend, putting guys on IR because it's short-term IR. They can bring them back after three weeks. It's unlimited. And I wonder, now that it's the second year of these rules, I wonder if these rules are here to stay, Bry. with only three-week IR, unlimited bringing guys back, and 16 guys in the practice squad. They might just keep these in perpetuity. That means forever, Bry. You don't need to look it up. As for the Steelers, I mean, those are two starters. Do it at the end, banner at tackle, that they lose for at least the first three weeks. Not good. Tuck
1: takes. I right, had finally, two other signings that caught your attention. Panthers signing former Jets quarterback James Morgan to the practice squad and the NFL Network hiring Rachel Bonetta for sports betting content.
2: We don't talk media often, but, yeah, I mean, Rachel Bonetta for sports betting content, the NFL Network hiring someone for betting, it's smart, it's what they should do, it's still just a little stunning. As for the Panthers signing James Morgan – Guess who the Panthers play week one? The Jets. Which means the Jets are going to have to change all their audibles, all their hand signals, because right now James Morgan is telling the Panthers all of their hand signals and all of their audibles. So pain in the butt for the Jets, who have to change all of that immediately. Now they might have anyway, but now they definitely have to because their week one opponent knows it very well with James Morgan having been there all through camp. What I know very well, okay, is that DraftKings is absolutely amazing. And what you need to do is use promo code ROSS to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL Plus, for opening night, all customers can double their money as long as Tampa Bay doesn't lose by 74 points. I'm telling you right now, they're not going to lose by 74 points. So use the promo code ROSS on the DraftKings Sportsbook app and go ahead and get both of those incredible offers. Let's get to an email, Brian. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. So, the email address is ross at rostucker.com. We absolutely love getting your emails because I love reading and responding to them on the show. And it also means that you took advantage of one of our sponsors, which is very helpful for us. What do you got, Bri?
1: So on the news last week, Ross, they showed Tampa Bay Buccaneers with President Biden at the White House. Uh, every man was looking sharp in a great suit. Now, I know you big guys can't just step into a store and pull one off the rack. So question is, do teams have a tailor or do you just share the intel amongst yourselves? What sort of media outings are required for all of you guys and penalties for not attending? That is from Kate.
2: Kate, always love your questions. Uh, you know, some teams will have a tailor that they allow to come into the facility for guys that are interested. Other guys have tailors maybe where their off-season home is or where they live, or some of it's just word of mouth amongst players sharing the intel. So that's the answer to that, Kate. That's number one. In terms of media outings required, there's me, I think you're talking about just in general for NFL players. There's uh, media availability, they call it. It's a little different now in the COVID era where I think they just grab a couple players and have them do Zooms as opposed to an open locker room, which I don't think they really have. But there used to be open locker room times, including after games, and then, you know, midday you know, during practice uh during the season, you know, usually during the lunch hour. And in fact, a lot of guys would just not be in the locker room for that time because they didn't want to talk to the media. So um there's no penalties for that. There are penalties for not doing a post game availability. And uh it's a fine. Good question, Kate. Really good question. Enjoy the college football tonight. Hopefully, some of you guys can check me out on Saturday. Have a tremendous Labor Day weekend. There will be many daddy sodas drunk. Shout outs to Pizza Boy Brewing, Sporticulture, Vision Comics with an X, humanheadnyc.com, NYC.com. That's Human Head Vinyl Records. And of course, Steakhouse Plenty of other shows from this week for you to check out the next couple days. And the next week, we are daily. Get excited. I think we're done here.